are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue, Thursday, January 18th, and oh, we have a lineup for you today. Uh, a lot of NFL to talk. So, super wild card weekend happened. First of all, we absolutely crushed the prediction of Tampa Bay over Philadelphia. We crushed um, that. I mean, look, that Rams game, I thought... I. I'm going to say, I think they were the better team. I think they just missed out on a couple opportunities yeah. in the second half. That was an, a fantastic game. We said Green Bay had a chance to make... If you follow us on SoBet, 5-1, baby. Are you kidding where me? Was that during, Are you where, where kidding was that during me? our regular season bets on a budget? That's hey, what we I want to know. We were sharp line. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, I, I would have loved a good 5 No, But <laughs> the only game we lost was Pittsburgh. And, yeah. I mean, they were six inches of a Mason Rudolph ball to the end zone in that first half away from a touchdown. It would have been a seven-point game. We would have covered, but whatever. That's and, and, and plus, you, you, the refs, you, when you're playing against Buffalo and and the Zebras, it, it gets a little bit tough. George there were Pickens some, said it best. There were some, uh, some rough calls, nevertheless. Um, it, it was a great weekend of football. I hope you guys watched. Hope you enjoyed. We're here to discuss it all. So we're going to start off with Tim's rant on NFL head coaches. I think he's going back to that Buffalo-Pittsburgh game. If you saw the presser afterwards... And and watched Mike Ooh. Tomlin get questioned about his contract and then subsequently walk off the stage. Didn't even didn't even get the question finished. No, they were halfway through the question. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's correct. Um, so we're going to start the show with that. I think that's only fitting. Then we're going to move into hits and misses to finish out the first segment. Into the second, we will have our divisional round predictions and our game of the week, which gets bumped up from the third segment like we normally have it, into the second. So make sure... Uh, you watch that. And then into the third, we will start with the news and end with a discussion on NFL coaching. Do a little NFL coaching carousel. We do it every year. Uh, and this year is going to be very interesting and, and probably predicting a couple other vacancies that may open up um, uh, before the end of the season. But guys, we appreciate you listening, watching, whatever you're doing, however you're doing it. YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Prime Video to watch the show. If you want to listen to the show, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and the iHeartRadio app, that's what you're going to want to tune into. Uh, this is the issue. We appreciate you being here. That was a good, that was a good little segue, though, that the coaching... Um, you mentioned the coaching care, so we do it every year, and this year is going to be it's, – it's looking dicey. It's looking spicy. I'm excited uh, to discuss it, and I'm actually going to discuss it here um, and kind of give my personal take on it in terms of three specific games. Um, and for one of the coaches, actually a couple of the coaches, um, there's there's more history to back it up. So let's, let's go ahead and start. We'll go in chronological order. So let's go ahead and start with the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy. That was an utter embarrassment. And I know um, he – it's, it's a tough situation to win in, right? Cowboys coach, Jerry Jones, right? You know, Jerry and Stephen Jones make most of the decisions, and he, he Kellen Moore's gone, and well, they, they looked better without him, and then you get to the playoffs, and you get utterly humiliated. Um, I, I, I want to give Matt LaFleur credit before I, before I go in on Mike McCarthy, uh, because that was a master class. I've never seen more guys just, not just open, I'm talking Butt booty naked, wide open, like it was unbelievable. It was—I can't believe I used that term on an actual real <laughs> show. But I mean, for real, that's how open that these guys were. It was unbelievable. I mean, they were running the football with authority, throwing it at will. Jordan Love looked like an—I mean, an All Pro, and he has, to be fair, down the stretch, he has been so, you know, productive, mature, a good leader. Um, and and I had my questions for the first half of the year about Jordan Love. And that's a testament to coaching. That 180, that full that full pivot from what we saw in the first half of the year from Jordan Love to now is unbelievable. Matt LaFleur deserves all the credit in the world. That Green Bay organization deserves all the credit in the world. Looks as of right now like they found their next guy. We'll see. I mean, it's only, what, 16, 17-game sample size. So we'll see. But as of right now, looks really good to put up that performance in a, uh, in a playoff game against what we viewed as a pretty good defense, especially at home in Jerry World, right? Now for the Mike McCarthy side. I don't think anything – I think if he lost that game no matter what, I think there's going to be questions about his job, right? I don't I don't think the severity of the loss uh, would dictate if 
you were having this conversation or if you weren't having this conversation. But it doesn't help when you get utterly embarrassed. When the game's over at halftime, that's how you know, right? That, that's that's rough. That just tells me you flat out weren't prepared. It wasn't even competitive in the first half, right? You were on script and you weren't ready to go, right? You were on the plays that you thought were the best plays to start the game and you were ill-prepared against the youngest roster in football. Green Bay's the youngest roster in football and they looked not ready to go. And so to me, this tells there's a clear ceiling with Dallas and it starts at coach quarterback. This is a coach quarterback league. Look at McVay Stafford. I know they lost, but that was a hell of a game. Campbell Goff, aggressive, efficient, hell of a game. Uh, who else won? C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans appears to be the next Belichick Brady type. Defensive coach, really good coordinator, star quarterback. Right? Coach, quarterback, wins. And clearly there's a weakness at both. I would argue you move off both. I've never been a Dak fan. He's fine. He's B to B+. Plus on his best days. People argue A. I don't even think he's A on his best days, if we're being honest. I never bought into the whole, oh, he's the MVP of the league. I thought at best he should be fifth or sixth in voting. So Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott probably both have to go. My guess is Jerry, loyal to Dak, doesn't like to admit when he's wrong, right? He's like, I found Dak in the fourth round and we built him. He's a homegrown guy. My guess is he'll keep Dak, pay him another contract, and he'll go get a new coach. Um, and it's a good coaching market for coaches. I think he should go get a new coach. I would argue Dak should go with McCarthy and, and get out of town, um, but that probably won't happen. Let's go to the next one in order, Mike Tomlin. That was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. We can sit here and blame the officials all we want. That's five straight playoff losses, allowing 31 or more points. Somebody please remind me what side of the ball Mike Tomlin's on. I'll wait. Yeah, it's defensive. He's a defensive backs guy. I'd say that's his origin. That's where he comes from. I'd argue he's more of a leader of men than he is an X's and O's guys, even on the defensive side of the football. But how can you let up 31 points a game in five straight? They're averaging 40 and a half points per game allowed in Mike Tomlin's last 10 playoff games. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They are ill-prepared. They've been outscored 121 to 40-something. I think it's 46 in the first half of those playoff games. They're not ready to go. For somebody that can motivate a team, they're not ready to go at all. They're terrible. They're awful. And here's the thing. It's different coordinators. It's different quarterbacks. It's different offensive linemen. It's different defenses. It's completely different teams. It's not like this is back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back where it's of the same personnel. And it's like, well, the quarterback didn't play very well, and we can blame it on the... It's different quarterbacks. It's different quarterbacks. Oh, Marquise Pouncey snapped the ball. We have a different center. Well, the left tackle, different left tackle. Well, the, the DBs, we don't have any of the same DBs. None of them. Well, the linebacker, nope, don't worry, we're on like our fourth string this year. Right, so it's not the linebackers, right? These ones sucked. The ones the, the previous year sucked. The ones the year before that sucked. They all sucked. So it's not the players. Sure, could we all execute better? Could the players be better? Sure, sure. Who puts them in that spot? That would be Coach Mike Tomlin. It's been an utter disaster. I know. Oh, he's never had a losing season. Okay. Then go to Carolina. Carolina would love to not have losing seasons. That's the standard. That's the, or some would argue, the ceiling for Carolina, especially with Bryce Young. Go there then. That's not the standard in Pittsburgh. That's not the expectation in Pittsburgh. The expectation in Pittsburgh is not, well, we didn't lose that much. It's, did you win when it mattered most? We talk about it all the time. Are you great when greatness is required? Mike Tomlin is his weakest when greatness is required. He's at his strength when it doesn't matter much. Right? You start off 11-0 that one season. Yeah, because nobody cares that much about that early football. What happens when it mattered most? What happens when it gets uncomfortable? What happens when it gets dicey? The team goes down the drain. Tomlin's done a fantastic job here to build a culture, to keep them consistent, to keep them mostly accountable. They've been, at, at worst, a scrappy team. They do a lot of things well. I like a lot of the elements that he's implemented. But they have hit a ceiling. What he provides, they already have as an organization. They have toughness. They have the ability to draft and develop defense. We do not need that. We have hit our ceiling. Just because we've hit the ceiling doesn't mean Mike Tomlin's a bad coach. 
Does it mean that he should be damned forever and, and never coach again? Does it mean he, he's got to quit football? Does it mean we should not respect what he's done? But there comes a point in any relationship you have to pivot. You have to part ways. Look at Belichick and the, and the Patriots. I'll be damned if in, what, so Tomlin's been here for, what, 15 years, 14 years now? Belichick made it 24. If I got to wait another 10 years to see this parting of ways, I'm going to rip my hair out. I'm going to rip my hair out. And then let's go to Philadelphia last night. Um, that was along the same lines as, as Dallas, ill-prepared. Um, here's what tells me most that Nick Sirianni's not ready to be a head coach. You guys remember that uh, when he was in the tunnel, right, coming out of Arrowhead? I don't hear any more Chiefs fans. See ya, right? Remember that? Well, I want to let you know the Chiefs are still playing. Uh, they had a home playoff game. They won their division. Um, they're playing again next week. And Philly had the most embarrassing loss in the last two decades as a franchise. Uh, and that all that that is almost entirely on Nick Sirianni. The offensive line's good. Uh, I think they could have ran the ball more, but that's fine. We'll get to that in a second. I think Jalen Hurts is fine as a quarterback. Do I think he is, you know, $45, $50 million? No, but he's a franchise quarterback, no doubt, top 10 guy. I don't think he's to blame at all. They have good weapons, even without A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Julio Jones, aging but still good, Quez Watkins, good tight ends, good running backs. They're fine. They're fine. It's it's not a roster problem. Howie Roseman's been a fantastic GM. They have talent coming out of their ears. It's a coaching problem. Look at Nick Sirianni before he gave Shane Steichen the play-calling duties. His first year there, eh, average to slightly below average. They got housed in the first round of the playoffs by that same Tampa Bay team with Tom Brady. And then he gives the the play-calling duties over to Shane Steichen. Wow, they're really, really good. Jonathan Gannon takes more control of the defense. Wow, the defense is, you know, on the back end, they're still weak, but really, really good. They're getting a ton of pressure. They can fill run gaps. They both leave. What are they? What's Philadelphia today? A mess, right? The farther removed he is from those really, really good coordinators, the weaker and weaker they look. He looks simply incompetent at head coach. If it is a normal year for head coaching hires, they probably do stick with Sirianni. They probably do stick with Mike McCarthy. They probably do stick with Mike Tomlin. It's not a normal year. Harbaugh's on the market. Pete Carroll's on the market. Bill Belichick's on the market. Those are three Hall of Fame coaches. Mike Vrabel's on the market. He's a rock star of a young head coach. Ben Johnson, many think, is the next type of McVay type guy. He's on the market. Right? It's not a normal year for head coaching candidates. Can Nick Sirianni usually keep his job in a scenario like this? For sure. With a roster like that, with a high-profile team like that, with a high-profile owner like that, with a high-profile guy on the market like Bill Belichick out there, I don't think there's a chance Nick Sirianni keeps his job. I think by Wednesday, you're going to hear him and Mike McCarthy both get released from their teams. Now it's just a race to see who can hire Bill. Because I think both want him. Obviously, both can't have them. My guess would be Philly. I think Bill would rather stay on the East Coast. I think it's a better overall roster. Um, I would rather Jalen Hurts as my quarterback than Dak. I'd rather not have Jerry Jones as an owner. I'd rather have Howie Roseman as my GM. So I I would go Philly uh, over Dallas, but I think one of them gets him. I would lean Philly, and I hope they do get him. Um, Just so I can be right. Uh, There's a lot of turbulence in the head coaching market. And problems at each one the biggest glaring one to me that i wanted to bring up here real quick is is mike tomlin and you said that he's a great leader of men which is true and has been true but i can't unsee the the locker room issues that have been around since i don't know 2016 did you hear Najee's comments um yep Najee's comments were loud and clear um coming from a place of structure talking about alabama to a place that has very little of it Okay, if you're a leader of men, then where's the structure? Also, Dan Moore should not be getting 15-yard uh, personal foul penalties after a PAT. Um, yeah, that's th- wild. Th- that shouldn't happen. That's why Miles Jack shouldn't be penalized three times on the same drive. Um, oh, what else? Larry Ogunjobi had various problems throughout the night. Got caught holding twice on the same drive. Same with Darnell Washington. Like, it He's was bad. bad. It good. was, but you have to be able to get your players in line. And for the last, I don't know, eight to ten years, Mike Tomlin has had zero control over his locker room and zero control over his players. It is horrific. 
it has looked really bad. I don't think you're wrong. I think something's got to change. Again, I just think it's hit a ceiling. Do I think he's a bad coach? No. I think they have just hit a ceiling. I think his services would be better elsewhere. Like I said, Carolina. You want to go brag about eight and nine, nine and eight? Carolina would love you. Yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> Carolina would would pay thirty million a year for nine wins. You know, yeah. they would pay thirty million dollars a year to get crushed in the first round. <laughs> yeah. Go go get that check, Mike. Go get it. Go get it, sir. Right. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. We will continue to do so over the coming weeks, but that's all we got there for now. Let's move into hits and misses, go over where we were right and wrong this week. Hit number one, guys. Seriously, we, we said it. How many... Excuse me. We've said it how many times now? You know what? I don't even need that. How many times have we said, follow us on SoBet, tail the damn bets? Yeah. I don't understand it. You realize they don't put any schmucks on there, right? We're at the <laughs> sharp line. They don't put any guys on there for no reason. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to brag or boast, but we were. We are talent that was acquired by their talent acquisition people. Yep. All right, so we have the talent. Five and one on Super Wild Card Weekend. Look, I can't, you know, swear like that on here, but like, I made Super Wild Card Weekend my blank <laughs> the past two years. Ten and two the past two years. Five yep. and one this year, uh, barring Mason Rudolph not being terrible and George Pickens fumbling, you know, the game away in the first quarter. On, like, the 18-yard line. Yeah, we would have been looking pretty at plus 9.5. It, it was it was right there for us. 6-0 and was right there for us. But nonetheless, 5-1. and one. Uh, Playoff football, it's just, to me, I get a clear gauge on who is the better team. I don't have these external factors. Well, it's a letdown game there, Jim. It's a, it's a sandwich game. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Who cares? In the playoffs, everybody shows up. Yeah. I get a true read on who is the better team. Who is the better matchup? And so we're five and one on bets uh, so far this playoffs. You know, when it's clearly evident when you know your stuff, when you can when you can look at that Tampa game, and and before anything else, absolutely hammer Tampa Bay over Philadelphia, yeah. which was not the side that most people were betting on. No, no, I would say yeah, it definitely wasn't. I mean, and here's the thing that also made me feel pretty good about it is that within 17 minutes of every single game, I said, oh, yep, we got it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there wasn't really a, a moment where I was like, oh, are they going to, like, late cover here? It was like, you know, felt pretty good. Yeah. Like, Houston, pick six. I'm like, okay, we're good. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, we're okay. Uh, what was the night game that night? Um, what was the night game on Saturday? Oh, oh, uh, Kansas City, Miami. Yeah. It was 16, seven and a half. Didn't stand a chance. Miami didn't. Uh, Green Bay was throttling them. That was an easy one to get. Um, the night game there. Rams and Rams and Lions. When it was 21-10, a little bit of doubt. But, I mean, with that much offensive firepower for the Rams and just both teams in general, I was like, mm, I feel pretty good about it. That late field goal helped. That was a little bit of a sweat. But still, you felt early on you're on the right side. It's going to be a close game. Right. And then, of course, last night, uh, late or I guess late last Monday night, um, you felt good about it. Okay, Mr. number one here. I figured the Steelers would keep it close, though. You know, that was our one loss on those bets. Uh, but just too many mistakes at costly, costly time. Missed tackles from guys like Minka. Like, you just, yeah. those are those are tackles we have to make. It's just little things like that. Uh, you know, missing your gap assignments. They, I think Nate Bur- Burleson was talking about it at, at halftime. You have to stay in your gaps with Josh Allen. You have to rush with discipline. You can't just go with your hair on fire, or he's going to make you pay with those rush lanes. Uh, and they were not gap disciplined. Their tackles were poor. I didn't think the game plan was particularly clever. Uh, so I, I missed there. Penalties. Um, two, two chances for interceptions that you let the ball drop and hit the ground. Like those are those are things you have to have as the Pittsburgh side, knowing that you're coming into this game against the Josh Allen and that he's 16-0 and when he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Luke, this is a big, big hit for you. Hit number two. You've been on it for months and months and, and basically the last my year. Boy, CJ. CJ Stroud is your guy. Congrats, my buddy. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, take your little um, victory lap on it, this It one. felt good. I didn't, I didn't foresee the absolute shellacking against the Browns. Uh, I thought that he was still a little young. Uh, for for that, but you know, once again, he's just going to go ahead and impress. I, I've liked him ever since the draft. I, or even before the draft, I was saying he should be valued over uh, Bryce Young. I don't know why he wasn't. Uh, I've, Bryce Young is undersized. I said I would have taken C.J. Stroud in a heartbeat, uh, and then I've been high on him all year. And what? Welcome to the divisional round, Houston Texans. If you're one of these teams stuck in quarterback purgatory, you're uh, the Giants, you're Washington deciding if you should draft another quarterback, you're um, Miami with Tua, and after that loss, you're like, what do we do? And you look at C.J. Stroud, 
20 minutes into the NFL, you were like, that kid can play, right? Mm-hmm. It took, I mean, it's it's evident. You know, five minutes into the playoff game, you're like, dude, CJ Shroud is that guy. Well, he has the tolls, too. He has the size. The he, arm, the, the accuracy. Arm, he, the legs, the movement that he's able to orchestrate plays in the pocket. It, it, he impresses me, and I think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks going forward. Very smart, very well-spoken, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Number two here, Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield. I mean, obviously, early, especially in Cleveland, I was uh, I was tough on Baker, right? I thought he was a little bit immature. <laughs> we were, we were. Yeah, okay, now, to be fair, like, he, he, he brought a lot it. on it, yeah. on himself. Um, but I think over the past, you know, 18 months, he's kind of been humbled a lot, uh, bounced around to a couple different teams, uh, finally lands in Tampa having to fight Kyle Trask. You know, here's the doubters midseason when they go on that little losing streak. Uh, but he has been really good down the stretch, played really well. And Jordan Love, my God. I, again, I said it earlier, I haven't seen a turnaround like that in season ever, I don't think. Um, he has gone from average somewhere around the 18th to 22nd best quarterback in football for the first half of the year to a bona fide top 10 starter in this league for the last 10 weeks i mean it's been fantastic to watch yeah uh we could see uh, i think we went to that packers game we did go right before he turned it around and started kind of playing his ass off because he made some really good throws in that game where yeah. you, you looked up from the... Like that throw to the corner yeah. off his back foot. That was it, beautiful. A dot. Yeah. And we're like, does he have something there? And then after that game, turns it around, and the, the back half of that season was just poof, yeah. something else. Uh, better numbers than Aaron Rodgers? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's impressive nonetheless. Uh, hit number three here. Both Tua and Dak. Come on now. I said it. We've been on it for years. Go ahead and take your September and October MVPs. Take them. That's fine. You know, them and the Bills can take their September uh, Super Bowl, right? Those, I mean, those quarterbacks, they always perform big in the regular season. They always perform big early in the season. They're great with a lead. They're great at home when it's comfortable. When they have to go on the road and win a big game, or even help Dak at home and win a big game, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's like that meme where it's like, why why they ask me to do the hardest things? It's like all we ask you to do is beat the Packers at home with a better roster. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Tua, I get it on the road. That's a really tough spot for Tua. I mean, like, negative if he loses, if he loses, that's fine. You can't look like that when that loss, though. Yeah. You can't look like that. Mahomes looked exactly like Mahomes does, right? Even in the cold, Josh Allen looked like Josh Allen does, right? Everybody, no matter what the element did, whether they had a good game or a bad game, they still at least had elements of the same player that they are in ideal conditions. Tua looked like a completely different guy. Yeah. Completely. I mean, just not the same quarterback. They both shrink. I don't know. Okay, let me me pose this question. Dak's contract's up. Tua's up for, you know, a contract. You're four of his rookie deal right now. What do you do in that situation? Like, what do you do with these quarterbacks? Do you re-sign them? Do you not? What's... Would you bring both of them back if for I, their respective teams? If I re-signed them, it would be nothing long-term. Uh, and it would only be if there was a 0% chance that I could th- get somebody this year or this offseason that I felt was going to be I, top okay. half of the league. Okay, so so Dak, Dak is going to get a long-term deal from somebody, whether it be Dallas or not. If he hits the market, somebody will pay Dak big money. Period. But the problem Period. is... You think Atlanta wouldn't sniff around that? That's a, a, laughable. There's so many... Dak, look, let's be fair. Dak's a top 15 quarterback. I think so, too. Dak's a top 15 he's quarterback. He's a top 15 quarterback surrounded by one of the best rosters in football. What does he look like if he goes no, to no. Atlanta? Well, I, I'm I, I'm well aware of that, but let's be real. Dak is going to get big money deals from someone. Yes. So yes, now if you're will. Dallas, if you want to keep him, you're going to have to pay him big. My argument would be I, I can't pay him anything starting with a four or five. I can't do it. I can't do it. Not as 37? You, I could do it. Excuse me, but you have to I could do Dak for 30 first. Because yeah. Dak right now, next year's cap is going to be $59.5 million. This is ridiculous. I could pay him $39.5 million because then I get 20 extra million in cap space to build even better of a team around him. I can live with Dak for 39 Yeah. I it, cannot do Dak for 59 You can't. You can't. Um, I can't even do Dak for 49 if you're if you're gonna garner anything over thirty nine, I would I need to see a playoff win. Like, I, I need agree. to see something happen. Yeah, miss number three here. Um, I I don't know why I expected this, but I thought that the Patriots would go make a young offensive coach type hire, right? Like a splash hire. Oh, but they went so with dumb. Bill two point Gerard so Mayo. It, my my biggest problem is that the only system he's been or been in as a player or coached in is the Bill Belichick system. Yeah. He played there for years. He's now been an assistant coach there for years. He doesn't know any different. 
it feels like it's going to be very Bill Belichick 2.0, does it not? It does. The the hire is very, very disappointing. And if I was a New England fan this morning, I would be sick. They're 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 ecstatic by it, and I get it. It's it's young. He's you know he's young. He's new blood. I get it. I just feel like it's going to be very Bill 2.0. I don't get it. I hope that he, as a young coach, has the the foresight and the you know, cutting edge thought process to go get a very good young offensive coordinator and say, hey, take it. I don't even want to look at the offense. Take it. I don't even want to touch it. You know what I mean? Like Bill did when he didn't have a ton of power, when he let McDaniels kind of take the offense. That now, that I'd be interested in. But I just don't know. I think you're going to need an absolute miracle to turn this roster. Don't forget about a new quarterback, too. Yeah, that's part of the miracle. You're not winning right now. Absolutely not. Not with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. I don't care who you have. You go get Mike McDaniel. You go get Kyle Shannon. You're not winning with Bailey Zappi. I'm going to tell you right now. No. Uh, Guys, that's hits and misses. Don't go anywhere. We will have the divisional round predictions next, as well as game of the week. Kansas City finally going on the road for the first time in Mahomes' playoff career at Buffalo. Can they get it done? We'll talk about that next. How we doing? How we doing? We are back. Second segment. Uh, We are heading into the divisional round of the playoffs. So we have a loaded show. We're going to get into all that here in just a second. Um, You know, with the predictions, game of the week, all that fun stuff. If you missed the first segment we talked about, NFL coaching is just in disarray right now. Uh, Three straight, well, I guess not three straight games, but three games this past weekend. Um, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Steelers, what do you do with their coaches? I talked a little bit about that earlier, and we will talk a little bit about that uh, to close out the show as well, so make sure you come back for that too. Uh, however you got here, YouTube, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio is a big one now, which we love. Thank you guys very much. Uh, Apple, Amazon, all that fun stuff, guys. All the links are in the description uh, of the show, found on the website. Go sign up for that newsletter. We have a ton of content coming out on a bunch of different platforms. We appreciate you finding one of those platforms and joining us. Absolutely. Gotta love it. Damn, uh, that was one of my cleanest little intros. I, gotta was. Say. I was going to say, last week you said, I think it was, blah, yeah, blah, blah, you found blah. us here, we're on that platform. Blah, that platform, blah, this platform. There you go. Yeah, that one wasn't my best one. I was just very excited to get into it, you know? That's all. That's all. Yeah, well, Today, I'm a little we, more patient. We also had more games to get to last week. It wasn't very many, but we still had more games. We only have four this week, which I is know. just sad. Yeah, this is going to be one of our shorter prediction segments, which it's is kind of weird. Just um, Anyway, guys, we appreciate you being here. Like, like Tim mentioned, we have our divisional round of predictions, right? Now it's getting serious. We have four yeah. games. Four of the best games of the season thus far. Let's go. I mean, we'll, we'll do it in chronological order like we always do. And it's actually our very first and only split here. Um, the Texans at the Ravens. You being a very big C.J. Stroud supporter, Texans. I think he's fantastic. Let me let me let that be known. It's Texans. not that I don't support him. I think he's fantastic. You're taking the Texans. I'll go ahead and go with the Ravens. Now, let's let's make it known. I think if there's any game with upset potential, it's this game right here. I don't think you're crazy for this being your, you know, the one game that you're split on. I think them having rested most of their starters for now two weeks, you know, so rested against Pittsburgh in week was at 18, uh, obviously getting the buy, so they're not playing during Super Wild Card weekend. Now having to play after two weeks of rest, I worry. I worry about that. The last time they were in a scenario like that where they rested for a week or more, uh, they came out and they looked completely flat. So I just worry, is the intensity going to be there? Is that defense going to be ready to compete with the speed and the stress that they put on the defense vertically? Um, I just don't know. I'll, I'll take the Ravens because I think they're a better team. I think top to bottom, in terms of roster, they're a better team. And there's not a massive quarterback advantage or disadvantage in either direction. Lamar's more shifty, a little bit more experienced in the playoffs, uh, You know, better off script. CJ has a bigger arm, more accurate down the field throwing deep passes. So... I don't think there's an advantage or disadvantage in either direction. I'll go Ravens. I think it's a better team, a little bit of a hunch. Um, And I just think the Texans, good, very good story. I think there's a bit of a ceiling. I agree with you on the fact that Baltimore has a better roster. I don't think that can be argued. Uh, It's a top-to-bottom better football team. But in this spot, the Texans are red hot right now. They have had an amazing season, especially to Houston Texans standards. In NFL standards, they were what three thirteen and they're three thirteen and one last year. Yeah. So yeah, um, I mean, you talk a about a rebound. Around. Yeah. Um, CJ Stroud has been special. I've been on him for for over a year now. Might as well ride with it, right? I mean, like, what do I have to lose? So what do I have to lose? If so the we, Texans win here, I look like the smartest man in America. So we do have some time here, and I think CJ Stroud is the wild card of this game. So let's play a little mini game here. 
CJ Stroud or. Okay. Okay, so now you're a bigger CJ Stroud guy, so I'll pose the questions to you. Let's go for the next Okay, franchise quarterback next ten years. Actually, you know what? That that's a really five. long time. Let's go five. Let's go five years. Okay. CJ Stroud or Trevor Lawrence? CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson? CJ Stroud. Okay. CJ Stroud or Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert. Okay. CJ Stroud or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. CJ Stroud or Lamar Jackson? CJ Stroud. I have a reasoning for that one. CJ Stroud or Brock Purdy? CJ Stroud. Okay, I figured. I was hoping. Yeah. I, was, I was like, okay. Uh, CJ Stroud or Caleb Williams? We don't know where he's going to go yet, but now that was just think about it. Um, I, I think coming into the league, I think Caleb Williams has more talent. I think he's a better prospect. Um, yeah. A way better prospect. But we've seen CJ Stroud ball out on the NFL level. Yeah, so I'd take CJ Stroud until I see more from Caleb Williams. Okay, I think that's a fair point. The Lamar Ooh, one, though, C- I, I think Ooh. Lamar has... I think he's he's got some miles on him now, right? Like CJ Stroud or Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Okay. Like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Those are like the caliber okay, so now, guys that I'm riding. Now, call me crazy. I take him over Joe Burrow. Would you? Why is that? Joe now has two. Not significant. A finger isn't or wrist isn't necessarily significant, but it's on his throwing hand. ACL year one. Throwing hand now year four. They can get Joe, Joe, one more significant injury for Joe, especially lower body, it's done. Like, that's, he's not the same player. It's interesting, nonetheless. Fair. That was a little mini game there, a little CJ Stroud or, because I know you're a big CJ Stroud guy. So, so you view him as a fringe top eight to nine guy. Yeah. And I think, like, when we we start doing, when we start doing, like, the the, the top 10 quarterbacks next season, I think he's cemented himself in the top 10. Okay. At least for the first, for the first ranking. I think that's fair. Uh, the Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. I love the Packers story. Um, again, nobody gave him a chance against Dallas. I did. Um, I'd love to say they have that same exact shot, but I think San Francisco is a significantly better team than yeah. Dallas, and I think they just match up better. You saw Green Bay out-physical them. You saw them out-clever Dallas, right? What does San Francisco do well? Very clever offensive coach. Very, very physical at the lines of scrimmage. Like, I think what Green Bay does well, San Francisco is perfectly built to to counteract. Uh, so, for that reason, and I think just overall better roster, more experience, I would go San Francisco. The 10 points is a lot of points. I, I'd i probably lean San Fran even at 10. I'd love to see that come down to 9.5 yeah. if we get some Packer money coming in. So, I'll wait on that. But either way, this isn't bets on a budget. I'm just taking predictions. I'll go San Francisco. Yeah, I'm. you have to go San Francisco here. They are far and away the best team, the juggernaut of the NFL. Uh, you can't pick – could I see it being close? Maybe. But you can't pick an upset here, right? Like, you, you can't go against the 49ers. I would agree. And last year, they were my Super Bowl pick. And I think this year, now with Dallas and Philly out, which I didn't think super highly of those teams, but, like, they're they're up there, man. They San Francisco probably should be the favorite right now. I think so, too. All right, next one here. Lions hosting the Buccaneers. I'll go with the home team, Detroit Lions. Jared Goff at home has been fantastic. He's like 120 pass rating this year at home or inside of a dome. Uh, like, indoors, Jared Goff's unbelievable. And, look... The Buccaneers defense played well Monday night. I don't think that that is what they are as a unit. I think there were there were good plays down the field from Philadelphia. They just couldn't capitalize when it mattered most. Um, I think the defense can get got a little bit. I think the Lions are the team to do it. They stress um, cover two and cover four, so two high safety looks. Um, the, the Lions are really, really good at attacking, and we know the Bucks play that, and they like to bring pressure out of cover four. I love the Lions uh, to kind of exploit that. I'll take Detroit at home. The number, I think it's six as of right now for the Lions. Look for that to, to come down a little bit. If it gets down to five, five and a half, I'll take the Lions. We'll see. The Lions are also playing inspired football. That team is rolling. Uh, I feel like Tampa Bay, like, you know the meme where it's like, oh, we're just kind of happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's where they're at right now. Like, nobody really thought a team from the NFC South would battle their way to this point no, in the division. Especially round. not beating the, the Eagles, the defending NFC champs, 32 to nine. Right. It, that doesn't. That just doesn't happen all the time. Uh, Baker played great in the wild card round. Can't argue with it. He did. Um, but against the Lions defense and in this spot, I just think the Lions are better suited to win this game. I would agree. Let's give you a little mini preview here of the game of the week before we get more in depth. Yeah. Uh, 
the Bills hosting Kansas City. First road playoff game of Patrick Mahomes' career. We've seen this matchup at Arrowhead quite a bit. How does it change in Buffalo? I'm taking Buffalo. I said this when they won. I think they were 6-6. Six and six. They won that game to go to 7-6. and six. And I said, I think Buffalo, watch out for Buffalo. Maybe it was when they went to 8-6. and six. I said, watch out for Buffalo. I think that'd be my pick right now to come out of the AFC. For sure. I'm taking Buffalo. Yeah, you have to go Buffalo here. Um, I think Kansas City is good. Obviously, they've they are they've been a solid team, a solid organization. But the receiver problem worries me. I think... Their team is a Hell, whole even Travis of, Kelsey can't catch the damn ball now. I know. It, it's <laughs> I, I don't know who to trust on their offense outside of Mahomes. And we've seen that Mahomes can't do it by himself. And Buffalo's rolling. I mean, Side Buffalo note. has caught their stride. Yeah, so I, I'll pick the Bills. We'll get more in depth here in a second. We've got like a minute before we you know, move on here. Has anybody gone from likable to more unlikable and easily hated than Travis Kelsey? Can't stand the guy. I, I, Cannot stand the guy. Is it the Taylor Swift thing, or is it like, like what is it? I got double jabbed. It's the Taylor <laughs> Swift thing. It's the double jab. It's the whole two Pittsburgh Steelers don't know what they have. Yeah, uh, mediocrity. I know exactly what we have. It's mediocrity. Uh, just running his mouth all the time, and now this season not being able to back it up. You know, it's it's kind of awesome. Like, I, it. I love his, his brother Jason is awesome. Yeah, I, I maybe hates a strong word, but. He's very. He's gone from likable, highly likable, to like, I don't hate when I see him drop a pass. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I kind of smile a little bit when he <laughs> fails, you know? So, yeah. like, I hope they get boat raced. I'll take the bills. Okay. Sounds good, man. Um, let's dive more into that game. We, we have to. It's game of the week time. We don't usually have it at this point in the show, but I feel like it, it should be pretty good here. Kind of it's a round perfect out little segue. All the predictions here. All right. So, let's go. Game of the week. Kansas City Chiefs. Traveling to Orchard Park to play the Buffalo Bills. Let's go. I don't know what I want to start with here. See, like, Kansas City's the defending champs. Buffalo's technically favored. We'll start with Kansas City as the uh, underdog actually coming in. So I think what the line is at two and a half now. Let me double check, guys. I don't want to give you false information. As of right now, Buffalo is favored by two and a half at home. Weather, again, we're, we're a little far out to know exactly what the weather is going to be. Again, this is one of those where it's Kansas City has the, has the playoff medal, right? So you're like, well, they've been there. They've done that. But to be fair, Buffalo has as well. And we've only seen Buffalo go on the road and play Kansas City tough. What happens when it comes and it's at their house, right? So it's, I just, I have a feeling Buffalo is just a downhill force right now. Let's go ahead and get into keys to win, and it'll kind of give us more of a picture on where we go with this game. So Kansas City offense, I think you got to run the damn rock, and I think you have to go over the middle. So again, to sum up there, key to victory, attack the middle of the field if you're the Kansas City offense. We saw the Steelers do it. Right, fire move down the middle, uh, running the ball with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. Those draws up the middle were working. I think if you can get combo blocks in the middle, climb to the second level. Um, Sean McDermott plays a little bit more three four than a lot of people do, especially in passing situations. That's why we saw the draws work because you can combo block that nose guard, and then you can get up to the next level and get some bodies on some backers. You make one guy miss, miss next thing you know you're into the secondary. Right, so. In those passing-type situations, if you could surprise him with some runs, run the ball up the middle, uh, hit Travis Kelsey over the middle, right? I don't like Kelsey, but if we can get him going over the middle as a Kansas City guy and a Kansas City fan, that's exactly where you would want to be. Um, so attacking the middle of the field, we, again, we saw the Pittsburgh Steelers do it, and they're not even a very good team, yeah. right? So Kansas City, attack the middle both with the run game and the play-action fake down the middle with your Titans. Kansas City defense. Uh, turnovers. Yeah, you, you have to pressure Josh Allen, and you have to pressure many smart men. We talked about that rush discipline. If you don't, he's going to make you pay, right? If you get if you go haywire and you either go you crash for, too far in or you go too wide, he's going to scoot out of the pocket. He's going to run the football. And in cold weather, do you want to tackle two hundred and sixty pounds moving at twenty miles an hour? No, I, I have no not. interest in that. None, none whatsoever. Six five, two fifty, running up to twenty miles an hour. I like. I just have no interest in tackling that in what feels like negative five degree weather. And right. That's, so that's going to be something that wears down a secondary that you don't need worn down either. Absolutely, because that's the strength of your team. So if you can, if Buffalo can wear that secondary down, oh man. For the Buffalo offense, though, uh, tight end usage. Dalton Kincaid went off against the Steelers. Now, to be mm-hmm. fair. The Steelers don't have great cover linebackers, but also to be fair, neither does Kansas City. Yeah. I like I don't mind Kansas City's uh, safeties; they're not too bad. So if you can get some safety tight end matchups, maybe okay, you might be all right. Uh, but two good tight ends, 
there's not a second guy on Kansas City that can cover a tight end as well as you would need to because Dawson Knox and Kincaid are both very well above average tight ends. For sure, yeah. So if you're Buffalo, use those tight ends. You did it against Pittsburgh. I think that's one of your keys to victory there on offense. And Buffalo defense got to get pressure with four. There's nobody in the history of the NFL better against the Blitz than Patrick Mahomes, period. End of story. He's got a 100-plus pass rating against the Blitz. That's unheard of. Yeah. That's unheard of. Like, uh, for example, we talked about Jared Goff's uh, stats against pressure last week. I think I have it right here. Uh, Let's see here. Let's see here. Jared Goff on... Uh, let's see. Let's see. Sorry, I gotta find it because this is interesting. We got time. Yeah. Pressured completion rate. Jared Goff, fifty-three percent. Fifty-three percent. Like that's insane. I think Mahomes. I don't have it in front of me. Is up closer to like sixty-five percent. It's just unheard of. Guys are not good when they have guys in their face. That's normal. That's kind of how it goes. Mahomes is the anomaly. Uh, but Mahomes is the anomaly. Absolutely. So you have to get pressure with four. If you can drop seven, you have a good chance. Especially because none of these guys can get open. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Rasheed Rice is good, but. Other than that, it's just like a bunch of guys. Yeah. It's Sky Moore. Eh, Kadarius Tony. Eh, like, you know, McCole Hardman. Ah, like, just underwhelming, right? So, if you can get pressure with four, drop seven, Buffalo has a good chance. Let me give you my little game script here. Here's how I think it's yeah. going to go. I'm not getting into a coin flip. Uh, I was going to say, who wins a coin toss? Uh, fine, I'll get into it. Let's go <laughs> coin flip. I'm going to go Kansas City. They defer. Normally, they would accept it. But the defense is their strength, so they're going to defer, put their strength of their team on the field first. Okay. Put Buffalo on their heels, try to blitz Josh Allen, see if they can get a momentum play to start the game. Try to steal a possession. I think it will work. I think it will be a bend-not-break type of scenario. I think Buffalo kicks a field goal to start. I think Kansas City drives down, matches their field goal. I think at halftime, we're looking at a 13-10 game. I'll take Buffalo 13-10 at half. Okay. Then I think they start to separate running the football, being physical, getting to Mahomes. Frustration sets in for the defending champs. I think after three, we're looking at a 23-10 ball game, Buffalo. I think Kansas City makes it interesting. I think we finish 26-21, Buffalo. All right. I like it. That was in you know what, give me give me 26-20. Give me 26-20, Buffalo. 26-20. 26-20, Buffalo. Okay. Um... Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be lower scoring. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 24-17 Buffalo. 24-17. All right, all right. I think no game um, script from you. Well, okay. I'm, I'm not doing. You gave us the coin toss. You gave us all that. I'm just going to give you a brief, a more a brief, brief synopsis. Breakdown. Yeah. All right. Like who who leads early? Who controls the middle? Yeah. Who comes out late? Um. Honestly, I think Kansas City jumps off to an early an mm, early stunning. lead. Uh, I think they get a touchdown. They, they, they probably score a touchdown on their first or second drive. Um, after that, maybe kick a field goal. They're looking at 10 points. Um, and I think Buffalo maybe struggles to get out of the gate, honestly. A, a, little, bit of a, a little bit of a hangover. 10-7 at half, but in favor of the Chiefs. Oh, interesting. I think... After halftime, Buffalo puts together a fantastic game plan. They come out. It's all Josh Allen and the Bills from there on out. Ends 24-17. Bills win. Interesting. Interesting. Nonetheless, let's go ahead and uh, transition into a little break here. When we get out of the break, we'll have some sports news for you, a little college football news. Kalen DeBoer, new head coach of Bama. We'll talk. That? We'll talk more about that. What's Harbaugh's future look like in college football as well? Uh, Washington found their replacement. So, we'll again, we'll get to all that, and then we will talk NFL coaching hires. So we'll talk a little bit of college football coaching, and then we'll get into some NFL coaching hires and, uh, and possible vacancies and what to do there. Let's go. Third segment of the issue on Thursday, January 18th, episode 221. We got a good uh, a good segment here for you. A great episode, but a That's good fast. segment. Um, so we're going to start with the news. We have our coaching discussion slash coaching carousel to get to um, to finish the show and, and to end this segment. So we haven't done we haven't done a good just open discussion conversation type segment. You know, it's been a while. And so I'm excited to do that one next. See, that's the thing that we get with uh, with. I guess the off season ish, we get more time to, to sit to, to, to well, discuss, to argue a little bit. We started this during COVID. We don't even watch basketball. And we had a Jordan versus LeBron discussion. That's how barren the sports landscape was. 
Good God, that was bad. Yeah. So we started this when there weren't any it was, sports. It was July of 2020, and we were like, oh, yeah, there's nothing on? We're like, nah, LeBron's better than Jordan. Let's talk about Which sports. I, I, do, I would stand behind, but that's besides the The amount point. of lists. We were going, like, best players based on mom, who have moms that are under 45. <laughs> Like, it was bad. We're we like, were searching I, for content. Like, best baseball players that also own a Labrador Retriever. And you're like, <laughs> what the hell is this list? It got bad. Um, we were it, ranking, like, the worst fan bases, the best. I mean, it was it was wild. Yeah. It was the wild, wild west. But, uh, yeah. We have a lot of content now. And yeah. that's what matters. So, like I said, news, coaching discussion. Um, guys, make sure you're going to theissuesports.com. Never miss anything that comes out from the show, especially this time of the year with the playoffs and everything. Mom's under 40. Was Zach Wilson at the top of that list? Was Zach Wilson even drafted at that point? <laughs> he would have just was been that drafted. The Zach Will- that was the Zach Wilson draft. He would just been draft. drafted that April. Like we were talking about it in July. Trevor yeah. Lawrence and all that. Yeah, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. So yeah, he would have been the top of the list. Anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. We have, the, we have the news. As I was saying, go follow the Instagram, TikTok, Twitter if you want more of this dumbassery type of the content. Third, the third segment is all just, it goes off the, there's no rules. No rules apply here like in the third two, segment. Like two episodes ago, we lost a light. We had shadows yeah, everywhere. Um, that was wild. It, it tends, to, tends to go off the rails here in the third segment. So make sure some good content. You guys should enjoy it. But without further ado, let's hop right into the news before this can go any further. Um, we got some good stories to get to. Let's put on the serious game face here, people. Game face. She gets my black. Story number one here. Kalen DeBoer, new head coach for Alabama, signs that uh, contract and agrees to be the Bama head coach to replace, of course, legend Nick Saban. Now, we didn't touch on that at all, really, uh, you know, the retirement of Nick Saban. I'm not a big, like, hey, let's get on and do, like, a, some sort of memorial-type rant for coaches that, like, retire yeah, or whatever. die. Exactly. He's a really you – know, it's it's not like, what am I going to get? Well, Nick Saban is pretty good. He's legendary. Okay. Obviously. Like no, no shit, dude. Yeah. Like nobody wants to listen to that. Like, like that to me is the most boring. Like unless he's some for some reason like doubted. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like Pete Carroll got a lot of got a lot of pushback. You know, I think Pete is a future Hall of Famer. Love Pete, right? Like unless it's one of your ride or die guys. Like okay, cool. Saving retired. Good for him. Go live it up. You know, I think the I think the bigger discussion is. Head coaching jobs in college football just aren't as good as they used to be. It is a 360 days a year job. You you have to recruit on four different fronts now. You have to recruit the transfer portal. You have to recruit your own players to stay. You have to recruit high school players. You have to recruit high school players you already have committed because they'll flip in an instant. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's no fun. Like, having to recruit your own players every single day is just brutal. Yeah. Like, it, it's the wild, wild west, and I think it's good for college football in terms of a television product, but that doesn't mean it's enjoyable as a head coaching position anymore. No, that is of the utmost stress. I mean, you have to make sure your top players are staying and that you're going to have a job the next year because yeah. of it. And you have, to, you have to do this weird little dance where you're not allowed to talk to the players about NIL, but you have to talk to them about it because your quarterback's like, well, I want to make this and I want to start, but you can't be like, hey, I can give you that. That's somehow illegal. Meanwhile... If the dude down the hallway, that's the boosters coordinator, you know, the, the boosters guy says that, then that's fine. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a shit show yeah. in college football. And I think Saban was going to leave here in the next couple years. And I think eventually he was just like, you know what? That was a pretty good coaching job this year. A team that had to transfer or had to switch quarterbacks about four times. You finally go back to Jalen Milrow. He's more of a runner than a thrower. We make him a little bit of both. We get to a Rose Bowl and come within one play of beating one of the best college teams in the past decade. And he's just like, you know what? That's it. I'm done. That's good. I'm fine yeah. with that. I'm fine. You I know? think the stress may have accelerated this a bit. Yeah. But anyway, I think Kalen DeBoer is a good hire. I think he, he's he got some recruiting limitations, but I think with the base of Bam, I think he'll be fine recruiting. He doesn't – he kind of reminds me of Chip Kelly, where Chip doesn't love to go out and kind of kiss the booster's ass and, and, you know, kiss recruits' ass. He's like, hey, this is my program. I'll make you a good player. Come if you want to come. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, are, are you coming to my program or not? Okay, sorry. Like I, I'm not gonna sit here and kiss your ass for it, right? Right. And uh, so I, I don't think Kalen's as gruff and as um, rigid as Chip Kelly, which I love Chip by the way. Um, but Kalen's a fantastic coach, really good in-game coach, very good scheming. Um, I mean, he lo- he made Sark look like a baby coach, and Sark's yeah. a fantastic coach. Well, and if you're Alabama, that's what you need too. I mean, we talk about how we just said how easy it is for players to flip and hit the transfer portal and go somewhere else. Yeah. When you lose a legend like Nick Saban, you're going to have a lot of that that's, I guess, on the brink of happening. So you have to bring somebody in that's going to, that has the experience that is going to kind of 
steady the steady the room a yeah. little bit. I think it's going to start slow, but I think once people realize what DeBoer can do for offensive players and what he's going to be able to do to produce them it's getting to the next level, he's going to have three receivers drafted. Michael Penix is going to get drafted. Their running backs is going to get drafted. Three of their offensive linemen are going to get drafted. Bama will be just fine. Like So once people start to see that and see what he can provide for their offensive players, I think you're going to get a ton of people flooding to Alabama offensively. For sure. Uh, and Jed Fish, the Arizona coach, was hired to replace uh, DeBoer in Washington. Good hire. Not going to touch on that a lot. Don't really care too much about Jed Fish, for being honest. Story number two here. Uh, according to Adam Schefter, uh, even the Chargers tweeted themse themselves, Harbaugh has interviewed for that Chargers job. And according to Schefter, all signs point to Harbaugh uh, making the transition to the NFL. I would also agree. I think he's gone for the same reason, right? That's a job that just isn't as fun anymore, being in being in college football. I think it's a much better job to be in professional football, and that, that's been the case uh, for almost ever, but I think even more so now with the portal, with NIL, just how much is on the plate of these college football coaches. It's just so much. Uh, and if I'm Harbaugh, I would take the Chargers job. I think Herbert, those skill position guys, you have a top five pick, which when's the next time Justin Herbert-led team is going to have a top five pick? Let me start with never and go from there, right? Yeah. So you're, you'd be entering at the right time. Um, so good for Harbaugh. And he's also he's going to lose seven guys on his offense and six on his defense to the draft. He's going to get 12, 13 players drafted. So he's going to have to – it's almost going to be a reboot year get out of Michigan let them figure it out uh you're gonna get those stupid penalties from the NCAA which are asinine so just just go to the NFL yeah I agree and he has the resume for it like mm, it, we've yeah. seen it happen yeah, before absolutely he was He's a hall of famer yeah uh he was great with the 49ers um he will have no trouble going back and inserting to the NFL and I think in this charger spot is the best spot for him um I think that's the spot that uh the Brian Dayball should have gotten yeah but, uh, I think it, I think if you're a middling or average coach, you know, as a as a candidate, really no job in the in the NFL is a bad job, right? right. You know, if you're in a very you know average uh, candidate, Jim Harbaugh is not, right? You are the best of the best. Not every job is a good job. That Carolina job isn't a good job. That Atlanta job is not a good job if you're Harbaugh. The Chargers is a great job for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Great job. And we'll get to that in the coaching carousel. Yeah. Next. Story number three here, Quinn Ewers set to return to Texas. What does that mean for Arch Manning? Who knows? He said he doesn't want to transfer. I think Quinn will be very good. Would I make the transition to Arch? I probably would. But Quinn will probably be better than him, better than him for this coming year. I would rather see growing pains from Arch and see that develop. But to be fair, Texas feels a little bit like Michigan did this year, right? Really, really good. Developing, developing, developing. Quarterback that's a little erratic. J.J. McCarthy, Quinn Ewers. Uh, you know, really, really close losing the semifinal, right? I feel like Texas is next year, they're going to be set. Really good in the trenches. Good run game. Uh, returning quarterback. Ton of experience. Really, really good head coach that everybody doubts. Sark kind of feels like Harbaugh, right? Kind of a villain to a lot of people. So I, I get the move for Quinn Ewers to come back. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, I think it's great for Texas football. I think... Manning has some some things that he needs to work out and figure out what he's going to do personally. I know he doesn't want to transfer, but if you want to play and you and you want to get that recognition now, I don't. I, I think it would be more beneficial for him to sit and wait. Yeah, he the, went to like a one A high school school, so, so like, like the anti Joe Burrow method. Well, Joe Burrow sat for like four years at OSU and then transferred for Fair. three years, something like that. So he did sit. For and he waited. Time. Yeah, it wasn't like he was like, "Oh, you're one. See ya, go to LSU." Right? He, I think he's had for two or three years and then transferred. So yeah. Anyway, uh, Cam Ward. Also, the transfer from Washington State commits to Miami. He was up back and forth. He declared for the draft and undeclared, committed here, decommitted there, had crystal ball to OSU, ends up going to Miami. Good get for Miami, although I don't think they're ever really going to be relevant in the college football landscape again, or at least in the near future. So I agree. Just to keep you updated there, that is uh, the news. Three good college football stories, too. It's almost turned into a college football segment because right now, I mean, I'm not going to talk about basketball. There's really not a lot going on in baseball. Nothing going on in hockey. Yeah, I mean, the, the pens beat the crack in three nothing. You've been updated. Like, <laughs> you know, it really, really doesn't really. They're matter. still battling. I think they're what seventh or eighth in the in the Metropolitan. So I mean, they're uh, not in the playoffs as of right now. Yeah. Not even close. So anyway, it is time for the coaching carousel. So we got what? How many openings? Six, seven. We have seven openings seven right openings. now. We're kind of just gonna, for lack of a better term, BS. You know, we're just gonna kind of go back and forth here. You know. Who, who should they hire? Who do we think is the right you know type of guy for the position? Who would you hire? Who would I hire, etc.? All right, so what team are we starting with? Well, I don't know. I just listed them here in, in a random order, so let's just go on that one. Let's go with the Seattle Seahawks job. So for me, if I'm the Seahawks, I had 15 or 14 years of uh, defensive, I don't want to say rigid, but very defensive-focused, defensive-leaning head coach, run the ball, you know, 
defense, secondary, trenches. Those are all very good things to build on. But they already have that. They have a ton of defensive talent. They have a ton of offensive, young offensive talent. But you don't really have the franchise quarterback. Is Geno good for you? Sure. You want to keep stitching it together? Fine. Right? Rip the Band-Aid off. Find your next franchise quarterback. And for that reason, I would go an offensive coach. I think defensive coaches can be really good with, with quarterbacks, right? C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans are the outlier, though, right? Look at all the young quarterbacks that have developed into really good players. Mahomes with Andy Reid. Um, Jalen Hurts with Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni. For Nick, for Nick Sirianni's flaws, he's an offensive guy. has helped develop uh, develop Jalen Hurts. Even a veteran like Dak and the step forward he took this year with an offensive coach, Mike McCarthy, Kyle Shanahan, and whoever. Uh, Jer- uh, Jared Goff when he was in L.A. with McVay. Now Stafford in L.A. with McVay. Yeah. Um, those offensive guys, Mike McDaniel and Tua, right? So the offense majority, is going to be the way to go. Yes, I would go offensive coach. I would go and see what it would take to get Ben Johnson, okay. the OC for the Lions. I'm going to write these down for you. Ben Johnson to Seattle. I would go. That's what I would go with, yeah. All right. Who we got next? Uh, well, who would you take? Would you get a union? Should you you agreeing? Yeah, I agree. I, I, offense is definitely the way to go. Quite honestly, I think all these teams should go offense. That's fair. Um, but you need somebody young, and you need somebody that's going to bring something to the table, and that's what uh, I know. The Steelers' job isn't open yet. It might be by the time you freaking watch this. But um, get the most nerdy Mike McDaniel type person you can that's going to come up with the most clever schemes and kind of shake things up a little bit. I think you need go to go from there. Yeah, I think you need to go get a young quarterback and offensive coaches develop young quarterbacks. Ben period. Johnson fits nice in Seattle though. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh Chargers. We already talked about Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh is the guy there. Um uh, that is one of the best job openings in the past decade with Herbert, those pieces. You you have everything you need. You have a left tackle, you have an edge rusher, you have a quarterback, you have a receiver and you have a top 5 pick. Right? People are like, "Well, the cap situation Cut Khalil Mack. He's been very average at best. Uh, J.C. Jackson comes off your books next year. Get Derwin James out of here. We're not overpaying for a safety. Somebody will go pay a fourth-round pick for him, right? Like, move off some of these more expensive cap hits. Get young and cheap on defense. Load up on offense. Harbaugh can create a culture in the trenches. Not only is he a culture creator, he's a very good offensive coach. He's more of a offensive scheme guy, walk-around guy on uh, on game day. So maybe he retains Kellen Moore, who's been a very good play caller questionable scheme so have Harbaugh help him out ton of experience I would go Jim Harbaugh yeah I like that one a lot I think he fits really well there and I think it's tough for college coaches to come to the NFL but in this instance he has like I said he has the resume he has the experience and he's going to be respected by those guys from day one so that's not a problem yeah uh, Falcons, I would say you need to go get somebody that's been there and done that, been a head coach before. This is actually the one spot I wouldn't hate defense. Their defense isn't good, and you have a ton of talent offensively. Uh, but you have to find somebody on the defensive side of the ball that can bring an offensive coordinator with him that we've seen success with. My idea would be, so Dan Quinn was already there. They're not going to rehire Dan Quinn. I would keep your eye on Pete Carroll and bringing um maybe Shane Waldron who is in Seattle as we speak right now as the offensive coordinator um maybe he go gets I think what Schottenheimer was his OC for a while uh in Seattle I think keep your eye on Pete Carroll they need a culture right now if I said who what is Atlanta I don't really know blow a bunch of leads a team with misdirection uh, un- underwhelming right Pete can build a culture I would keep your eye on Pete Carroll to the Falcons okay I mean Here's the, the my only reservation about Pete Carroll is when is enough enough? Like when are you too old to coach in this league? I I think Pete's got too much energy. I think he's fine. I don't think Pete is too old at all. How old is he? Seventy something. I don't care. Like late seventies. So no, no, he's early seventies, mid or mid early to mid seventies. Really? I think he's seventy four. Is that right? I don't know. I'm gonna check Look it up. How old do you think Nick Saban is? Isn't he like sixty or sixty nine? Seventy. Okay. Something. I don't know. I was going to say, that was aggressive. I'll look up Saban. Okay, Pete Carroll, 72. 72. Right. Nick Saban, 72. Okay, thank you. Yes, so like, they're fine. They don't look a day over 60, right? Pete has plenty of energy. He's fine. Okay. Okay, Titans. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I don't... I'm not 100% sure here on the Titans. To me, they they went... They tried the defensive thing. I would try to pivot back to offense. Shocker. Um just don't know. Do you have any ideas here? Um, I was thinking big prediction. And I was thinking defensive, actually, because I think that's kind of what fits. And, and they need... Are you thinking Belichick? 
I was either thinking Belichick or predict something. Tomlin. Mike Tomlin leaves the Steelers. Interesting. Goes down to Tennessee. Now that's interesting. Do you, do you like that? Because I, I think, think it's interesting. I think it could be pretty productive. I think. I think that's so interesting. I think the only other thing that I would maybe lean is Dan Quinn, although now he's defensive. Uh, but I think he's grown a lot in Dallas. But then again, seeing that drubbing this past weekend, I don't know if mm. he gets an offer. No. I think he does maybe. somewhere, though. I think he does somewhere. I mean, Here's what I Carolina think they, they, they should. They already tried the profound, like, big guy in the room, uh, Vrabel, which I think he had some success. Oh, I just don't. That's a, this is a like, what really, if you, What really if you give one. it to Tomlin? Tomlin's able to – Tomlin gives a lot of the power to the players. You get a little swag going in Tennessee. Some of those guys I – mean, it can be a good thing sometimes. It doesn't always turn into a Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown situation. That's interesting. I, let's leave it – I'm going to leave an IDK there. You want to leave, I, we'll I leave just a question mark? I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, the Panthers. I think they're going to make a desperate hire. I think they're going to make a poor hire. You, we, we hear the term Bobby Slowick get thrown around. I think Bobby Slowick's very, very smart. He's very good on the offensive side of the football. He's the OC in, um, in Houston. You've seen what happened with C.J. Stroud. Been an offensive coordinator for one year. Like, can we seriously let's let's be for real right now? This is not going to be hating on Bobby Slowick. We've seen coordinators after a year try it. It does not work. It flatly does not work. Is that who your prediction is for them? I think they make a poor hire and go Bobby Slowick. Well, it's a poor organization. By the way, let me throw a name out there for the Titans. By the way, and nobody's talking about it because he's on TV and he's kind of you're like okay, he's out of the spotlight. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett's won a lot of games. He's been an NFL quarterback before. He worked with Tony Romo. He worked with Dak. Could they draft a quarterback and say, you know what, let's get a veteran guy in here, like a Doug Peterson with Trevor Lawrence, and develop a young guy? Could work. That's going to be the name I throw out there. I'm going to go Jason Garrett to the Titans. Jason Garrett to the Titans. I don't think it'll happen, but that's what I would hire. That's what I would do. I think the Panthers, I don't know what I would do, but I think that's what they will do. Tepper is a terrible owner, and he's going to be have his hands all over that hire, and I think he's going to reach a little bit and go with Bobby Slowick. Okay. I mean, all right. Yeah. Let's go with the Raiders. Of Las Vegas. Of Las Vegas. Now, a lot of people have been throwing Belichick out there. I don't think it's Belichick. I think it's a Belichick disciple, and here's what's interesting. I think because this guy can bring an offensive corner that we've seen work, I think that's why the Raiders do it. A lot of people want them to hire Antonio Pierce. Same idea. He's been a coordinator for, he's been in the NFL coaching for like four or five years. Not enough time for me on task. Mike Vrabel brings Arthur, brings Arthur Smith as his offensive coordinator, recently fired. Look, we, we can argue Arthur, Arthur Smith, you know, head coach all day. When they were with Vrabel, they were the number one seed. You know what I mean? So we know Arthur Smith can be an offensive coordinator. I think Vrabel, he's been to a bunch of practices. They should go Vrabel. If Max Crosby wants to demand a trade if you don't hire Antonio Pierce, good, trade him. Like, <laughs> dude, Look, I'm not saying that Max Crosby isn't a good player, isn't a valuable player. Go ahead and get a second-round pick for Crosby. Go, dude, go demand a trade. Who cares? Who cares? I want a good coach more than a good edge rusher. Okay. I can draft an edge rusher. That's fair. Commanders. Um, so, it's by the last way, team here. Yeah, last team. I like Bill Belichick to either the Cowboys or Philly, depending on which one opens. Because I think one of them is going to open up. One, I think up one up. of them is going to open up, and I think Bill would rather fill one of those first. Okay. If that's not the case, though, I think the commanders would get Bill Belichick. Uh, they need to make a splash. The owners are loaded. Belichick likes the East Coast. I It just feels right to me. I don't know. I think it's either that or they go get whoever the offensive coordinator or whoever another young offensive mind is in San Francisco. I don't know. Pick one of them. There's probably like four geniuses on the staff under Shanahan. Yeah. Go pick one of them because their new GM is uh, came from San Francisco, helped John Lynch build that juggernaut. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they said, hey, let's just go get whoever, you know, the, the young offensive mind is in San Fran. Again, I don't know him off the top of my head. I think Belichick, though, is a very interesting candidate there. Make a point. I think... I think Philly hire, or, uh, fires Sirianni, and I think that's where he goes. But if they don't, I think he goes to the Commanders. Okay. You think he would make the move to Dallas if required? I think it would go, yeah. I think so. I, I think he would. I don't know if that'd be any fun for America's team. I think I think people on Dallas would be kind of pissed off. I don't know. Well, I think I think they would rather him than Mike McCarthy. Let's say that. I don't think there's a ton of buy-in from McCarthy. You think Mike McCarthy ends up anywhere? No. 
Maybe as a coordinator or something. I'm not, I'm not as a head coach, I don't think so, no. Okay. You see Dak where it's like anybody that thinks Mike McCarthy should be fired or something like that or has any questions about his future, you should also have questions about mine. And I was like, We not, do, don't worry. <laughs> I was gonna say, you're not gonna believe this. We already do. Actually, bro. Like, <laughs> dude, all of America has questions about your like, future. Guess what? We already do, man. Have you like, not turned on any sort of sports talk show, media yeah. whatsoever? Like, did you delete Instagram? Because I saw you post the, the the picture of you walking into the stadium with the here we go beanie on. Which, by the way, is the most annoying thing I've ever heard. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. like I don't like it. First of all, we tried to put that on a shirt. But it turns out that that phrase is coined by the Pittsburgh Steelers and actually trademarked under the Steelers. So how'd you make the beanie, Dak? I wonder if we – got to put the extra O's probably. Uh, here we go. No. I don't know. They probably still would have flagged us. Whatever. The NFL everybody's, doesn't like everybody's us. Out. The NFL's got something against us. They, they're, they're afraid, quite honestly. They're afraid. Too small. Too small. That's it. That's all we got. Anyway, that was the show. Third segment was pretty good there, um, like it always is. But anyway, guys, go check out the social media, the Instagram, the TikTok, the Twitter. All of the links can be found on our website, and the website link is in the description of the episode or the video, no matter where you're watching it, listening to it. If you click in the description, you can get to our website. It's also, you know, easily searchable, theissuesports.com. Um, so make sure you go do that. Sign up for the newsletter while you're there. Never miss anything that comes out about the show. There's a lot of stuff coming out now, and and uh, especially with the playoffs, a lot to get to. So we will see you back here next Thursday to predict the championship round, the AFC championship Can't and wait. the NFC championship. Who's going to be uh, the 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 two teams representing both sides in Baltimore the Super and Buffalo. Bowl. Baltimore and Buffalo. And what did I say? San Fran and Detroit. There you go. That's what it should be next week. Guys, follow along on Sobet. Use code the issue when you sign up. Don't miss out on free money this week. We'll see you back here next week when you're richer from winning our bets. Of course. And that was the issue. <laughs>